time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. I couldn't stand him. He couldn't stand me either. I, I don't know which came first. Did he hate me, so therefore I hated him? Or did he think I despised him, so he tried in some way to protect himself by being mean? Oh, yes, and he was mean. Oh, he was mean, no doubt about it. He was an elder at our church when I was a kid, an older, fat fellow. I just thought maybe 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 that's why he didn't like me. Maybe I was a young fat fellow and I reminded him I don't know. Reminded him of something. I always felt he was watching me. He was so damn conservative. I'm not talking about conservative like being a Republican. I mean every chance he had to inject fear apprehension, nervous energy, or communicate to you that God was displeased. He jumped on it like a little kid leaps on the monkey bars. I certainly hated him. (laughs) What a great thing to do, huh? Go to church so you can meet people you hate. Love your enemies. Hell, I didn't have to look any further than the pew next to me. There he was, glaring at me. One particular day, he yelled at me in front of the whole classroom of my friends. You see, this is how it came down. My mother was supposed to teach a Sunday school class. Well, she thought she was sick. I, I think she just didn't want to teach the class. So she asked me if I would. Honestly, I jumped at the chance. Can I ask what's wrong with that? Do all the children of the church have to be shy, hiding behind mama's skirts out of fear of talking to strangers? I'm sorry, I was aggressive. I wanted to do things. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to... I wanted to talk. So I, I showed up at the Sunday school class and started to teach. It was I thought it was going great. Suddenly the monster appeared at the door, Mr. Blubberfaith. He screamed at me in front of all the other students, said it was improper for me to be teaching them since I was just a little punk myself. Oh, God, my, my eyes were just stinging with tears. But, you know, I, I refused to cry. I looked, I looked around the room for someone to speak up for me, but honestly, they were all so terrified by this intruder that they, they sat speechless, just speechless, trying to find a way to tuck their hands under their asses. 
my biggest decision was whether to simply sit down and take my punishment or push past him and leave the room. I pushed past him. I did. He tried to grab my arm, but I shook him off. I went out the door and I ran home, which I never did run, that is. I hated all of it. In that moment, I hated all of it. Mr. Elder, the class, my friends, and any God who could have come up with such a stupid idea. You see, you don't need to be a baby. You don't need milk, but rather, you're probably prepared to sink your teeth into some meaty ideas. You've outgrown religion. There it is. Religion was once a way for you to understand God, but now it's killing your desire and limiting your talent. It keeps you weak to prove the strength of gold. It taunts you with your sins, pointing out your defeats and then refusing to praise your victories. To stay any longer in the hallowed halls will leave you hollowed out as a person. Now, if you mind if I continue, it was about three years after this incident, I... I, yeah, I went back to the church. It's where my friends were. About three years after the incident with my enemy at that church, I was sitting, just listening to a sermon. I was 16 years old, and the, the preacher was talking about Abraham. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, why do I give a fuck? about Abraham. See, I was always told that the stories were very important from the Bible because we would have all these lessons that we could learn. But you see, here's, here you go. Abraham was a liar. He was a Neanderthal who knew nothing about medicine, logic, or personal hygiene. The dude, Abraham, he dumped one of his kids and he tried to kill the other one. Who cares that he had faith to leave one place and go to another because God told him to? When he got there, he was a jerk. So, let's just be honest. Somebody thinking he hears from God is usually the beginning of a great novel about a serial killer. So that day, as I was listening to this droning on about Abraham. Right in the middle of the church service, I stood to my feet. I walked to the back of the auditorium. I'm sure everybody thought I was just going to go take a piss, but instead I walked out the door pissed. I vowed not to go back. The following Monday at school, 
they held auditions for a play called Up the Down Staircase. It was a contemporary play of that time, but no, nobody knows about it nowadays. But it had this character in it named Joe Ferroni. Joe Ferroni. Joe was an urban gangster type from the Italian community who was so messed up that he tried to rape his teacher. I tried out for the role. I won the role and I took the role. See, the script had the word damn in it. Our teachers, oh gosh, I, I think they talked for three weeks about whether to keep the word damn in or take it out because our little community might be offended and the whole effect of the play would be lost over one single word. I didn't care what they were going to decide. Do you hear me? I didn't care what they were going to decide. Whatever they decided, damn fit the script. So damn it was going to be when I performed it. God, I love the experience. I love the freedom of transforming myself into someone else. And on opening night, three people from my old church came backstage. They begged me to return to the congregation. I got to be honest with you, it just... It felt good to be wanted. Little did I know in that moment, though, that religion kills. I think all of us have known it for some time. Religion insists you say, Lord, Lord, with a hope that such repetition will grant you place in the kingdom. It teaches you to serve a God you wouldn't even respect as a person, would you? He's picky, right? He's angry. He's unwilling to look on your sin. He is crotchety. He is the grandfather who is nearly senile, who cannot remember what it's like to be young and energized, but just a little bit confused. So just shortly after that, after I returned to the church, I said one day, and it was this damn apple cobbler. I, I know that's a terrible segue. But it's this damn apple cobbler. If you don't know what an apple cobbler is, it, it, basically it's just an apple pie without the crust going around the outside. I was eating an apple cobbler one day that my aunt made, which was so tart, it made my mouth pucker. My mouth puckered over the apple cobbler. As I was eating it, I suddenly reached into the crust and the goo and pulled out this really big piece of cooked apple and I just looked at it. It was so freaking weird. What here's, here's what came to my mind. Did that apple think it was going to end up being a cobbler? Think of the life of an apple. There are better places to be than stuck in some goo about to be eaten by a fat boy. How about hanging from a tree, shining in the sun? And then suddenly you lose your grip. 
You fall to the ground to be gathered up and you get your just dessert. The moment was so absolutely bizarre. Finally, my, my, my aunt asked me, what are you thinking about? I laughed and I said, I'm thinking about the feelings of an apple. She dismissed me as she always did, as immature. Or was it insane? Never quite sure. Whatever grown-ups think about teenagers. It was at that moment, right after my apple cobbler encounter. What changed her life? It was my apple cobbler encounter. Oh, really, John? She didn't share with us on that. I moved to faith, not religion. It is a good choice. It is possible to have faith without ever being religious. Faith is finding something substantial to hope for. Faith does not demand that we see. Faith is always that step in the right direction. You are wise when we choose it. You and I are wise when we choose this thing called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please not just God. You can't please your lover without being faithful. You can't please your employer without a measure of faith. And your dreams demand a passport of faith to begin to begin that odyssey that sets them in motion. You see, here's how it works. Half the world defends God, and the other half of the world thinks he's a son of a bitch. Let me go over that again. Half the world defends God. No, you don't know God. He's good God. Our God is a heaven And the rest of the people, son of a bitch. How can that son of a bitch put up with all this pain and these children having cancer? And then they look at you. What side are you on? Are you a defender or a believer in the in attacking the son of a bitch? Or do you float? <laughs> Does your curiosity cause you to be a dead cat or a cool cat? Because here's the power of faith. It awakens you, taking you out of the the sleepiness of religious napping and places you in a position of moving forward without fear. But honestly, even faith itself is a cocoon. It's a training ground for caterpillars, not the destination of butterflies. And God yearns. God wants you to fly. God, God benefits when you do well. 
God proves his point when you are an overcomer instead of a failure. So faith becomes fruit. You bear fruit. And this wonderful phrase, by your fruits, people will know who you are. For a long time, I just sat in a church trying to sing all the parts of the hymns in different voices. Occasionally getting looked at because I was singing too loud. But on that stage when I was Joe Ferroni and my soul was pouring out through the character, I felt fruitful. You know what I'm saying? I felt people could know who I was because they could taste my apple cobbler. They could taste my fruit. How true it is. Because even though you certainly don't want to become a judger of mankind, you will learn to assess people by what they deliver to the marketplace. The sweetness of their fruit. It is one of the few regions where apples and oranges sit side by side in equality. You were meant to bear fruit. You were meant to be successful. Success does not extinguish your faith. It just gives it a place to showcase, a place to shine, a place to be real. So where are you? Here's where I am. I am never constantly faithful. I'm not. If that is what is necessary to be a good person, a good Christian, or a God-fearing man, then I'm in huge trouble. That boy is in big trouble right over there. There are times that heaven seems a great source of comfort to me, and there are other times that I think to myself, what in the hell are we talking about here? I have only one measuring tool. One way to measure myself, since I'm a child of earth, does this faith we speak about, does this faith we speak of make me more enjoined, powerful, loving, and caring on earth or does it cause me to be more of an alien? Does loving God make me hate earth? Does worshiping God make me wish that the earth would explode quickly so we all could be Jesus? I hate the old, all those old hymns that say, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Really? So what's the game? Are we just so damn heavenly that we have no earthly value? Or are we so damn earthly that heaven is constantly offended? Which one is it? Please clarify this to me immediately. So I'm constantly questioning. Without the questioning, I become defensive of a faith that needs to be questioned. It requires challenges. 
this faith has within its holy book. They're, they're disparaging, lying, misleading, and even inaccurate information about life on earth, health, and well-being. See, here's the point. It corrects itself. But way too many people support the Bible as a whole instead of studying it as a work as a work in progress. You see, here's the good news. Here's the good news. You are a person who believes that your greatest benefit and mission is to turn invention into fruitful endeavor. Did you get that? You are a person who believes that your greatest benefit and mission is to turn your invention into fruitful endeavor. And the better news is when you are fruitful, it can be appreciated by those who have not yet been touched by the glory of it all. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com. <laughs>